sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Bill Withers Wonder this time where she's gone Is this his first record? It is, 1970. And on the cover of the album, he's got his lunch box that he was still working a day job, and he didn't uh, quit until the album came out. How many times does he say that earlier? I think it's 26. <laughs> is there a count. story behind why um, he said yeah, I know yes, 26 yes. times? Um, he In the Booker T. Jones book, uh, he recounts how uh, Bill Withers came to his recording studio. Uh, they just met. Uh, and before he was finished singing a couple songs, he was Booker was already uh, getting a band together, including calling up Duck Dunn and Steve Cropper. You mean his whole, all of the MGs? Al Jackson. Uh, Steve Cropper couldn't make it, but so they got Stephen Stills. What? Yeah. And uh, this is his first record. Yeah. And by the way, he's not young. He's uh, 33 or something. How, did he even live in L.A. or was he still living? Yeah, he was. He, he was, was living, living in, in Los he Angeles. He was working yeah. at the um, uh, airline plant, was it? Yes. And that's why he's got the lunch pail. Right. And uh, that, those were just his work clothes that he wow. just showed it up in. Um, he he showed into, up in his work clothes to the first session. Yes. And, and well, for the album cover. Wow. Shoot. Uh, According to Booker, he, he put Bill Withers put his head in the co- control room door and said, "Who's going to sing these songs?" And I said, "You are Bill." Oh my god! So up to this point, seriously, he doesn't think he's going to be singing. Um, so he had a whole book full of songs. He started singing, and his habit of slamming his foot down on the floor made an annoying sound leaking into the mic, indistinguishable from the drums. Al suggested we mic the sound of Bill's foot instead of trying to mask it. They found a. a crate in the alley. Right. They stood it up under Bill's knee and stuck a mic in front of it. When it got to the breakdown, Bill just starts repeating, I know, I know, I know, over and over again. He said he couldn't think of any more words and wanted to edit that part out. Leave it in, I insisted. Inspiration. And I had Halverson turn up the volume of Bill's foot stomping on the crate during that part. It's inspired, and it was like nothing else on the radio. I remember it. Right. Oh my eulogies commented on how oh he disappeared oh he didn't want to have anything to do with the music yeah i know it's horrible and it just doesn't make a lot of sense he was uh involved with other musicians uh i think he had a home studio um what more was he supposed to do he was from slab fork west virginia i'm sorry nothing is called slab Slab fork 
for. Um, and he his, also said, don't confuse me with the music industry. I think yeah. he just really hated when well, he... Well, he said, don't confuse music with the music, oh, music industry. industry. He, when he changed labels uh, after all the giant albums at first, the second label, Columbia or whatever, he hated them. And he thought they were stupid, and they tried to get him to do Elvis Presley, and he didn't want to do it. And he just wasn't... The whole idea that he wasn't part of the game is ridiculous. How many Grammys does he have? Right. How many people have covered his songs? Exactly. He's like a great American... He's a great uh, songwriter. Folk songwriter. And the idea that he came from a family of coal miners in Slab Fork, West Virginia, and was black... And I think that he, he was kind of adamant about not wanting to be a coal miner, as I recall uh, in the interviews. Was yes, and he had a stutter, and he said that one of his relatives would hit him in the face with a rag to what? keep him from Oof. stuttering. And uh, so he had a lot to overcome. The idea that he made his way from Slab Fork to L.A. and became a successful songwriter. Speaking of Slab Fork, do you want to play this one because it's such a great? Uh, Oh, yes. Version of that. I'm going to, if you don't mind, whoops, I'm going to see if I can spin it here. This is, which album is this? This is the live one. Yes, in Carnegie Hall. And at that time, I was maybe five or six years old. And the most I could have done was let her fall on me if she He's talking about looking after his grandmother. Yeah. But it was a hip job because grandma never went nowhere but to church. And it wasn't one of them sad churches where they sing them songs that make you wish you could just hurry up and die and get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> this is Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Land me Grandma and them had one of them churches where they sung. If you want to have me, Jesus, I sing songs. <laughs> Oh my God, it's voice. And at the funeral, they used to have to tie the caskets down. Wow. Himself all up. This is a. This was a big. This is a beautiful song. R&B chart one. Grandma's hands. My friend Jeff Belton used to have a Dodge Dart with an 8-track and Grandma he had this record and we'd listen to it. Clapped in church on Sunday morning Grandma's hand Played a tambourine so well Grandma's hand Used to issue out a warning She'd say Billy, don't you run so fast Might fall on a piece of glass Maybe snakes there in the grass Grandma's hand Wow Is it wrong to say that uh, the profound, um, explicit, um, direct beauty that he brings to his lyrics and poetry and the unadorned vocals but the completely sophisticated sound mm-hmm. and the emotion the honesty yeah, honesty which is why I think he couldn't deal with the music industry no it's the center of it isn't it listen to yes. his music I mean he's sincere he said if you could lock yourself up in your room and just groove don't cheat, cheat yourself out of it right he also said something like I'm not um, um, I almost said impresario. I'm not a, um, uh, what's the word? An, an expert, a, a virtuoso. Mm-hmm. But I can, within what I do, 
I can do. He taught himself to play guitar and he taught himself to play piano, right? Yes. And so and composed at the piano with the guitar. And had had almost a full life, being in a giant career in the Navy, then a, a bunch of uh, jobs in LA and stuff, and then made a demo. He didn't let his age stop him. He didn't let no. his limited musical ability stop him. And by limited, I mean not... He didn't go to music school. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he had limited musical ability. He had untapped. Uh, I was just going to say... <laughs> he had unlimited he, musical ability. He just isn't, wasn't a musician for the first, you know, period where most people are. In, in one of his later interviews, he said, people get stuck in certain situations and they're afraid. Courage isn't about not being afraid. It's what you do in spite of being afraid. Right. He's also hilarious and yeah, He's really frank. He's pretty sassy. His, his um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing that you showed me is so funny. It, it stands out, and it stood out at the time, because he said what what he was, was on his mind. Yeah. Um, it, most of it's actually, it's online in uh, Rolling Stone. Can I do the one great joke? He it's, he's, he, This is uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a whole room full of rock stars, and it's John Legend and it's Stevie Wonder and every white rock star and every rock star. And Bill Withers goes, this is like the biggest AA meeting in the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's also, he's, he's pretty frank about how he felt about uh, some of the people he grew up around and uh-huh. he said that if he was found dead in an alley, it was probably because he was beaten to death by a relative with a Bible. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I'm going to play this one because I, I was a big fan of the AM radio when I was a kid. And we used to get the top 40 playlist from the store. And this was a really freaky little hit from that era. This is from the... Is that the they keep trying to tell me All you want to do is excuse me Wow It jumped right out of the radio Also, it's such a spare use of rhythm and stuff This part There's hand pops and stuff too. It's just. You can hear the influence too of where he's from, the confluence of uh, that area of West Virginia. Gospel, country, funk. Believe it or not, there there was a, a band Blue from grass. an African American band from Slapport uh, before him. Of course there was. Of course there was. Because coal mining, what do you do to you know Same. alleviate the Same. situation? Um, he's so. Uh, uh, this is, stripping it down to nothing on a single, so good. Just a little bit of symbol and block. Mm-hmm. 
It's very effective. And it's a super sexy record without being, um, I come on, you know, I come on strong and I'm this, this part. Yeah. I really love the Carnegie Hall album and uh, the adjustments, one that he made after oh, yes. his divorce from Denise Nicholas from Room 222. Yes, Denise Nicholas. <laughs> he then went on to have a, a very long uh, marriage to Marsha, and uh, who was his manager, right? Yes, uh, and then uh, he he also was really smart about his own business. He didn't ever had a manager, which is an extraordinary thing in show business, especially for someone well, his, who his wife. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, like a, he didn't have a Wilshire Boulevard, you know, pinky ring type dude or whatever. He, and I can't believe owned, I said pinky ring. No one's worn a pinky well, ring in 150 he years. He owned his song. Right. So he got a good royalty on everything. And I was just, this is what I was going to ask you, Jennifer. Is there a hit that he has that everyone doesn't know? No. Well, I mean, we're going to have to play it, right? We're going to have to play Lean On Me because everyone's Which, done it. There's a clip of, uh, aside, uh, contrary to the, the way the papers make you want to think that he just sort of disappeared into the ether. Oh, no. He lived here in Hollywood. He was out giving pep talks to people, interviews. Can I play this one? I know you want the football one. Would you rather have the football one? No. Can I play the Stevie one? Yes. Here's the part where Stevie sings. the other song. So this is the one that you're talking about, where he was out giving inspirational speeches and whatnot. Whoa! Some locker rooms across the country, a problem with a uh, fungus that we haven't seen in a long time. So it's the only fungus that I know associated with any. Uh, is this when they break into it over here? He says, "Do you know who I am?" I want the YouTube bird. No, you have to go further in. You have to go. The USC Trojans. Stand out. I think so he knew beautiful. what he created, but he was a really humble person. Yeah. That's. I think that's so beautiful. I really love that one, Jennifer. I'm so glad you found it because it's such a fabulous version of it. He to see said the football he wanted to write out. a song about friendship. Right? 
Here, let's play this one. Tell me about this one. This is the, with the Crusaders. So he did jazz. He did funk. He did soul. He did pop. He did uptown. He did mm-hmm. f- folk. This is super uptown. Mm-hmm. It's only the well, Crusaders. It's the Crusaders. But it's also, uh, this is after uh, when people are thinking that he's not yep. writing any longer. He's still uh, writing hits. Also, it starts with San Francisco. San Francisco morning. That's Waller. This is from 1980. He didn't make too many records after this, though. No. That is some classy jazz. Is it? I really love that one. Wow. I didn't know that one, Jennifer. Which, it, the Crusaders? Oh, my God. It's so... Uh, and and I love YouTube. It said genres. Jazz, jazz fusion, pop soul. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bill Withers transcends all those things. One well, say. evidently. Here we go. This is from Justman's 1974 second record, maybe? Mm, no. He's already huge at this point. Can we pretend that from now on there is no It's such a beautiful, smooth sound. Right? It's comforting. Paint a portrait of tomorrow with no The other night we watched the movie Soul Power. Ooh, that was quite good. And Bill Withers. Say the name of the guy. I think I buried you on that. Soul Power. Soul Power is the name of the documentary, and it's about a concert in Zaire. And Bill Withers was a part of it, (laughs) and it's a very flashy concert with James Brown and um, Miriam Makeba. And he chose to to uh, do a song off this album that was really uh, from the heart. Right. He didn't do a stadium song. Uh, and they're in a stadium. No. Um, it's a good film. Check it out. It's, it, I think we... It's not on Netflix. It might be Amazon. I don't know. It was the giant concert that was put on simultaneously with the fight between... Uh, the the uh, the rumble in the jungle, right. the, the Ali and um, uh, George Foreman, um, with the dictator hiding underneath this football stadium and the entire enchilada. They put on a giant concert that Don King promoted and James Brown headlined, and they brought um, 
Bill Withers with them, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's quite good in it because he gets to the heart of the matter and the crowd really digs it. Well, yeah, the emotional honesty of what he's doing up there. Uh, and there's so much uh, pomp and circumstance going on. And, and James Brown is wearing a... Of, oh my God! His outfit—an extreme the, jumpsuit, the butt snuggie with the zip up the back and whatnot—and <laughs> he's got a mustache in this era and chop, mutton chop sideburns and a giant Marcel. James Brown's look in the, in, in the uh, Rumble in the Jungle area is just magnificent, <laughs> and he seems to be in charge. You know, oh, like he's very so, much so in charge. As is Muhammad Ali. Mm. Right, it's a clash of the titans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Bill Withers is his usual retiring self. When they get off the plane, they, he they commands all, the stage. They show them on this giant plane ride to Africa, and then uh, when they get off the plane, um, James Brown comes off with the retinue, and, and he's all dressed up. And uh, the other acts come off, and they're all pizzazzy. And Bill Withers walks off with his guitar and like an army sack, <laughs> and stuff. It's so fantastic. But listen to how ethereal this is, and then I'm gonna play another. The L.A. Times had a list of ten songs by him. Uh, Go on. That uh, included a duet he did with Bobby Womack. You know, for, for mm-hmm. people who want the other other sides of Bill Withers. Um, do you mind if I play my jam? Um, it's I, I don't know. I I always thought this was uh, kind of groovy. This is a so super smooth uptown jazz uh, fusion. It just spoke to his. Oh yeah. Range. Well, and this is uh, later. Is this later eighties? He hated his record company and he went over. And Grover's only listed as the artist, but it's him, and he he sings on Grover's record. I don't know why people would hate their record companies. The former record executive David Geffen is is hiding out the virus on a five hundred million dollar yacht. Oh, they're all so sweet. Show business is great. So vital. This is some yacht rock, Jennifer. Just the two of us. 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 You need cattle in the sky. So, do you think that if, if a, a white guy had come from poverty, uh, become a very successful songwriter, singer, uh, decided to uh, leave the music industry and, and invest in real estate, that he would have been live off his substantial royalties of the that way? That he had. Yeah, right? Do you think that he would really have been written about? Right. Like, oh, and since he didn't have a middleman, he had the prescience and forethought to be his own man, as he said, and run his own career. Yes, and that included not recording and not touring. When people offered him a king's ransom, the last thirty years, basically. Since he was in his... There's a documentary about him called Still Bill yeah. from about 12 years ago. Yeah, and he don't want to tour. And... Um, yeah, it's quite good. I mean, he, he you know, who is it who asks him, uh, Cornel West says, what's your legacy? And he just looks down like he doesn't mm-hmm. even... 
He's an amazing artist. Thoughtful. I think a lot of people this weekend were listening to a lot of Bill Withers. I was. I listened to the Justments album and the Carnegie Hall one over and over. Um, Bill Withers is irreplaceable. We will muddle through without Bill Withers. Well, look up some of his interviews. He's, yeah, he's, he's so, so funny and so witty and so canny about music and everything like that. Uh, uh, to switch gears ever so uh, slightly, there's loads of people who are doing so many whoop, groovy things. Here we are. Did uh, you read that uh, Chef Jose Andres is feeding people in the medical profession at his restaurants for the rest of the year? Yeah, so fantastic. And he was also doing something else you just read me. That um, Governor Newsom has a, a new project called... Uh, you mean the president of the Western States? <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, project Room Key, which is homel- uh, housing the homeless in hotels and motels around California, which that's long overdue. Um, and Jose Andres' uh, World Central Kitchen is going to be feeding them. There's really uh, not a Nobel Prize big enough for uh, Chef Jose Andres. And um, his restaurant here in L.A. is such a Baroque affair, or was. Uh, it, it had a gift shop, and uh, they did microgastronomy at your table. They made weird um, plutonium drinks with, like, liquid nitrogen and whatnot. And then there was a running tandem alongside it parallel. Um, traditional A traditional papas. Spanish menu, which was um, Iberico ham and manchego cheese and um, olives and whatnot. But I've had some of the weirdest dishes. Was it deflated cheesesteaks or whatever? What was that one? Right. We went there. Drew Carey yeah, took was, us there. I'll be okay. Full right. I, star I, I honesty here. Sam Simon. Yes, our Sam Simon. We we uh, and we, but we had like def- reconst- reconstituted cheesesteaks or something. They were these weird. I wasn't sure that it needed to be conquered. There was also this olive that had been. Injected with something and made no, quite no, it was large. actually a fake olive. Oh, it, really? it was It was a yeah. It was a, a a figment of an olive. Getting sprayed with liquid nitrogen when you're half in the bag, I think, was my favorite. Yeah, I don't think you want that. Well, there was a, there was a short spray. There, there, a woman walks around with a um, what appears to be what you would keep a prime rib in if you, from the House of Prime Rib in San Francisco. This giant brass affair, like a William Gibson Time Machine, H.G. Wells, Rod Taylor sort of giant thing and then like oh do you want a drink and you're like a drink doesn't drinks come out of a bottle and you know clink clink gently gently slowly slowly like this but no it was uh, uh she came by with like a welding torch and yeah. a, you know like she was dressed like iron man or whatever and yeah. it was like what's his name from it was the a little space ghost this 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 shows demeaning the uh Moltar, Which I, just, I, I don't understand because uh his uh, jose andres's show cooking show and his general demeanor at all these various you know he he went to puerto rico which, by the way, the Puerto Rico still needs help. Yes. Um, but he always seems so down to earth. Yeah. I, I never understood the how that... Translated into having a museum in your restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's in the it's in the foyer of like this Chi Chi Hotel in Hollywood. 
Um, but then we went to his Middle Eastern place in Washington, D.C., and that was a straightforward affair. It was hummus mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, I think I had the meatballs. I can't remember what you had. I, if I do, I'll, um, well, I'll perish turns, a happy person. It, it turns out his, his greatest talent is organizing chefs around the world to feed people in need. If it's the fire up in Northern California or the displaced mm-hmm. homeless people. World Kitchen, he even, Right, World Central Kitchen. They even fed the people getting off the cruise ship in San Francisco. Oh I mean, they don't, they don't seem to miss a beat. I mean, Mexico City, Puerto Rico. Yeah, he's the effective de facto uh, government. Uh, Rihanna um, gave personal protective equipment to the state of New York. The governor thanked her. Um, she also gave $5 million through her foundation, which is called Clara Lionel Foundation. Donovan Mitchell is on the Utah Jazz. Uh, he tested positive for the virus. Um, he's partnering with Salt Lake City Schools to provide meals to students during the closures. LeBron James kept his promise school open, I think the one in Cleveland. He's done so much. Um, so they can feed kids during it. Stefan and Aisha Curry are um, Bay Area people. Oakland has announced they're closing schools until April. 18,000 students in Oakland rely on their school for two meals plus. So um, Eat, Learn, Play is, or sorry, Eat, Learn, Play, yes, is making donations to the AACFB and Feeding America to help ensure no child has to worry about where their next meal is coming from while schools are closed. You can donate if you want uh, to the 18,000 children in Oakland at at AACFB. Um, I think it's beautiful. Oh, even little Naz, that was so cute. Um, Notice that uh, people the are billionaires so are hard. sort of missing from... Missing in action. Uh, Forbes of all magazines has a list of what the billionaires are giving and what they're not. Weak. No, they, it, it's excellent. Oh, is it good? Yes. Oh, okay. It's a list of what they've actually given and the percentage of of their wealth, which is, you know. Substantial? Not a lot. You mean earth-shattering? No. Oh, I thought, okay. Well, I'll look at it. I'm no, I mean, those people are giving more than. Okay, I was confused for a moment. I thought we were going to praise billionaires' generosity. No. I'm here to say that um, workers on the line have uh, uh, Crash Cart, Amazon, and Walmart gotten concessions this week simply because they refused to work at one they, point. Yeah, they had to strike. Uh, and to get all it. of those places are owned by gigantic entities that are billionaires, particularly Amazon and Walmart, which are owned by people with untold wealth, uncharted artic- wealth. There's an article in the San Francisco Chronicle this week about um, the people that clean hospitals mm. and how they don't have protective gear. No one has anything. This has been uh, a wake-up call of an infinite proportions, and we're all hoping and um, praying and uh, supporting the people that are making this happen that the fundamental change comes now because we've reached this inconceivably global shaking uh, point where we have to talk about things like universal health care. We have to talk about a living wage for everyone. We have to talk about universal income for everyone, and that's going to have to come from rich people. Yes. Um, one one uh, good thing that Governor Newsom accomplished in the last couple of days is working with other states to buy uh, protective uh, equipment, personal protective equipment, PPE for uh, the states, the cities, um, so that it's not something that they have to outbid each other for. You mean what uh, FEMA and CDC if should have been doing? If we had a federal, yeah, government, there is no federal government, I mean, thank goodness Joe Biden is doing his uh, – live stream videos 
uh, to counteract the, even the fact rallies. Yeah, exactly. instead of the virus rallies, I love the virus rallies though because uh, every he picks a different governor every week to rank on, then he picks a different one to praise. Um, we get to see mental illness and drug addiction in its full blown glory. Um, I'm a mentally uh, ill drug addict, but if I went on TV and did that, I think people might call for my ouster. Uh, well, you know, just the venality, the greed. Uh, I, I I choose to look away. I just I can't. Oh no no! Watch so, that circus. I watched the Biden one today because I couldn't deal with this. Jennifer sent me this. Uh, how to help? Uh, An LAEater dot com had um, for here in Los Angeles a list of resources for coronavirus affected restaurants, bars, and food service workers. That's at LAEater dot com. LA Times. Uh, I don't think it's behind a paywall anymore, right? No. Resources for restaurants and workers affected by the coronavirus. Uh, crisis. It's an entire page, including uh, a relief fund, the Small Business Administration, um, mental health work, uh, the school districts, everything. Um, that's at latimes.com stroke food stroke story. And then if you look up coronavirus, it's there. Um, One thing that makes it so confusing in the States is that there, it, it, so much of it state by state uh, mm. or city by city. Um, only recently did Alabama and Mississippi have full state stay at home. Yeah, so I think we're still waiting on a couple of states. I think Arkansas and Wyoming. Uh, I think there still. might be eight states. Still. Really, all of them still. And Ugh, and Florida and Georgia just barely got so the news. Also, the confusion is um, which cities have a moratorium on paying your rent, paying your mortgage, your bills. Um, there again, we just don't have any federal well, there's government. No Look, yeah. I was reading today that uh, in Germany. Uh, you could apply for relief if you're a small business, an artist. However, uh, Angela Merkel was a genius, and it actually has a degree. A doctorate in physics. So or the chemistry, difference, rather. The difference between her understanding of um, science. Also, she's not bought and sold by you know foreign interests and whatnot. She's one of the smartest people in government. Mm, yes. So what I was reading is that if you applied for relief uh, in Germany, that it would take maybe six days to get it in your bank. Yeah, and that there direct was deposit. Right. Artists were getting it as well and everybody immediately. You're just, you're not lifting my spirits with this. The, uh, the, I, what I was going to say was you and the... Well, no, I, I think that we, we have, to, as Americans, we have to raise our expectations of what our government can do. I think it can be forced to do these things. And I think uh, uh, certain places are going to and other places are going to be resistant to that idea to the bitter, bitter end. Um, Jennifer and I patronize restaurants in Los Angeles more than any humans in the world. And um, you're cooking during the... Uh, in fact, do you have any of your recipes or are we going to do that in a special oh, sure. separate bust out episode? I'll called, talk about some of the things uh, I made. Jennifer's uh, Country Kitchen because... I've, I've kept a list just because, you know, hey, we're, we're, uh, we're lucky that we, we have a home to be in and a garden and we can just When I'm hang. allowed in this home are some of the best moments of my isolation, really? Jennifer. I want to say that to you. Yeah, when I'm allowed from outside... To come in here and sleep and uh, and get some grub, and I call it grub. Uh, no, you've been um, hitting some smashing out of the park. May I just? Uh, hmm. There was a shrimp noodle um, affair. Oh, that was that was good. I have to say that from was several it, it days was a, ago. A Vietnamese uh, shrimp recipe with rice noodles. Last night you made mushroom risotto. And, oh, that was good. We we happened on a restaurant on Sunset Boulevard has uh, given their cafe over to a marketplace during this time. 
And so you can go in, they have gloves by the door, which I thought was really thoughtful. And they let in only a couple people at a time. And, and they've got produce, they've got uh, paper towels, they've got basics. And they, no, they had, do. They had the mushrooms. Paper so I, I, I made a mushroom risotto last night. Uh, instead of using a, a chicken stock, I used a, just boiling hot water with salt in it. Oh, I knew and there then, was something disappointing about it. Then, the lack of animal fat. No wonder my bloodstream cried. Right? No, night. no, but there was butter, and I, I cooked oh, the mushrooms in a butter white wine sauce. With uh, I had time. I'm not losing any weight during the isolation. I want everyone to know that. I'm going to carry A little on. garlic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some onion. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, we can really pack on the pounds. Our, our neighbor gave us a chocolate babka. Oh, my God. From Zabar's. She got... Um, uh, Two babkas, a cinnamon and a chocolate, and uh, they're they're rich with the miracle of I think it's called sugar. Oh my god! And um, they the, when you get to the center of the babka, it's like being in I don't know uh, <laughs> Sicily in the forties. You just feel like you're never going to get there's so much uh, rich um, baked goodness, and it's dense. It's like a hockey puck dance almost in the middle. You could hurt someone with it, I think. If you struck them. Uh, years ago. With a bobka throw a we, swing. We were in New York in the yes. late 80s or in early 90s. Early 90s. For whose line? You were, you were only you were 10 or 11. You, you, you could barely Gross. remember this, I'm certain. No. Anyway, uh, there was, at that time, believe it or not, instead of chain stores and designer stores every two seconds. No Starbucks. Of Madison Avenue. Yeah. There were some local bakeries and oh, cafes. A, yeah, that bakery been and there, there, was, years. there was a place on the Upper East Side that was run by tiny, older women. Uh-huh. And the strange thing about it was you entered into the center of it and all the baked goods were around the edges of yes. it. So you were in the middle of it and you had to ask these women with the apron and they were very stern. How they much, were strict Jewish ladies. They were small, yeah. Chocolate bobka. And you it wanted. was measured out like this, French and it style, with your hand, with your hand. Like you, yeah, you were like by the pound bobka. No, I'd never seen anything like right. it. You didn't go. And like, it was like chocolate bobka, bobka they were poppy like, seed bobka, yeah. cinnamon bobka. It was in strips, and so they, it wasn't a matter of like I'll you have could a, gain as much weight as yeah. you wanted. But if you want, and you and I would get a couple slices like this. We want this much. Boom, boom. And they would cut it. And then we got coffee in those there cups was, with the Greek. Uh, right. Uh, but there was not a lot of, of mess. You, what was that? Were, why was that coffee cup um, in New York enforced for so long? The I one that had no, the Greek logo no on it. No idea. And why is it? Uh, is it a white, they call it? Yeah. With uh, milk? Regular. Regular. Oh, regular. Regular. Um, which is my one. Cream two sugars. Uh, yeah. Coffee regular. Years ago in London... Uh, that place was great, that Bobka place. A Russian woman... These were from Zabar's, which is still there, though, right? Oh, Zabar's is, is very I much there. I assume flourishing during this Very much there. Oh, can you imagine? Because you can order it to deliver and it's everything to your friends yeah. in L.A., obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as well. Thank you. Our neighbors have been so nice. We got um, two Bobkas, and we got um, a bag of lemons from our other neighbor. You know, all our neighbors have been lovely except one, because there's always the one. What? There's always the one. Um, I demanded that we get um, a super soaker, but Jennifer would never let me get it. Remember the woman at the hardware store was really excited about the idea of super soaking your neighbor who's hateful. It's just juvenile, though. I realize the impulse on my part is so Do you remember when we got Rex the uh, Nerf ball gun? And he used it to fire at his neighbor's cat. Mm. 
just by way of explanation, Rex is a friend of ours who's uh, in the other uh, um, ethereal realm now. And um, he had a crib in San Francisco and at one point couldn't really uh, move around as well as he liked. And I bought him at this variety store um, in San Francisco on Fillmore or California. It was um, like a Nerf dart gun. There were darts, but they were Nerf, and they shot out of a gun. But I bought him extra rounds, and that was the key. Well, that was the key because he didn't have to. He couldn't have to get, get up and reload. He couldn't get up. No, but so, so I bought him. I bought him a, a, two extra clips. Um, I didn't think that he was going to use it on the neighbor's cat. Really? You know, when you're, um, he, I'm assuming there was, you know, recreational usage, and of course, determined usage because of he was his condition. Uh, I think that when you have a couple extra clips, the cat is going to make you laugh harder than anything else, and I think that's really the determination on that one. <laughs> well, it's not I a like matter of animal cruelty. The, they the, were nerf. No, yeah, they were nerf balls, but the, the pluck of the cat to, of course, uh, taunt him further by showing up on the patio again and again. The, the Al Stewart album, The Pluck of the Cat, is my favorite <laughs> album. I think we read about that before. Did we do that one? How about this one? Uh, clubchicago.org uh, helps uh, different neighborhoods with uh, wanted. Uh, there's a list of Chicago groups that need donations right now. Chicago's been hit bloody hard, uh, and it's time to get up because Chicago is America. So many things are America. What have I got here? Um, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. Nope. Uh, Danica Rame, who's a friend of the show and a friend of ours. Um, is in the um, Virginia House of Delegates. She uh, is on Twitter at at P-W-D-A-N-I-C-A. The governor signed three more bills. Uh, This week, she got all this legislation passed. She's gotten so much done. And by the way, Governor Northam, despite, and we won't even go into his past, um, has been uh, an enlightened public official at this time and moved Virginia forward with lots of them. Social distancing is everything, you guys. There Mm -hmm. really isn't anything Mm -hmm. else. Uh, school officials can't force a student debt, uh, a student to throw away a meal that's been served because of debt. Schools can distribute excess meals at the end of the day, and schools can solicit and receive donations to pay off school meal debts. Danica Rehm. That's so important right now. Is a dedicated public servant and deserves all of your love. Uh, what about this one in New Orleans? You said we did that one before? Well, we can mention it again. Let's bring it out again. The GoFundMe.com. It's the Chef's Brigade for New Orleans. So it's at GoFundMe.com, stroke F, stroke Chef, C-H-E-F, and then O39S hyphen Brigade. You'll find it. It's called the Chef's Brigade in New Orleans. They have a GoFundMe page. They're um, supporting healthcare workers and first responders and supporting, um, as they call it, the legendary culinary talent and staff in New Orleans. Well, no kidding. New Orleans has been hit so dastardly. It's just an absolute crime. It's beautiful to see all the restaurants and uh, the people that uh, want to support them and uh, different groups who want to help medical care professionals come together at a time when our federal government is failing us. Well, the federal government is um, not an entity. There's lots of um, apparel workers in Los Angeles, and they're making masks for the 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 need. They're right. filling the gap. Well, uh, people people are beautiful and are stepping up all over. Um, yeah, the federal government's a bummer. 
Let's talk about the afterworld. Um, there's people swirling there that are so worthy. Ellis Marsalis, the paterfamilias of a family that produced almost untold amounts of music. No, it's, it's kind of amazing. He and his sons were inducted into the NEA Jazz Masters as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, he, wow. was, he was 85 years old. Um, his students included Terrence Blanchard and Harry Connick Jr. Our Terry Blanchard. Yeah. With the passing of Marsalis, we've lost not only a gifted pianist, but also a person committed to the importance of music education and jazz history, said the curator of cultural and community life at the Smithsonian. Wow. Um, Marcellus was known for his talents on the piano. He played alongside such greats as Cannonball Adderley. Was everyone in Cannonball Adderley's band? Yes. McCoy Tyner, who we talked about. Junior Mans. Our junior. Um, He was proudest of his legacy as a mentor and educator who carefully shepherded the next generation of musicians, including four of his six sons. There's Winton. That's from uh, NPR, Andrew Limbong. He was like the coach of jazz. He put on the sweatshirt, the blew the whistle, and made these guys work. Nick Spitzer, host of Public Radio's American Routes, and a Tulane University anthropology professor. Um, my dad was a giant of a musician and teacher, but an even greater father. He poured everything he had into making us the best of what we could be, said Branford in a statement. Which is just beautiful. Um, they couldn't have a second line. Well, I assume they will when they can, but today there was a, a Calliope riverboat. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. In New Orleans because he was born in New Orleans and he left in New Orleans. Wow. And that, uh, that album you were playing, uh, the Duke Ellington one. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Here's him and, um, Winton. He was, on gigs with all of his sons, Winton, Branford. Uh, DeFeo, uh, DeFeo? God, mm. I don't want to get that wrong. Uh, produced one of his albums. Here's Winton and Ellis. Dig. DeFeo produced one of his albums. Talk about uptown. Right. Oh, goodness. There's also... Um, the virus. Oops, oops sorry. Did, the virus, um, sadly, uh, entered his life. Did you uh, have the... The other one keyed up there? Yeah. This one? It's just lovely.
Remember how Mojo would always ask you what your Sunday album was? Mm-hmm. I think that Ellis Marsalis Trio would be, from 1991, would be a good Sunday album. I agree. Out of interest. What are yours besides the Ellis Marsalis Trio, 1991? Which is self-titled, Alice Marshall. It always changes. Okay. Well, for instance, today I was listening to Bill Withers, but... Right. And this Adjustments, whatnot. But I always think of uh, sketches of Spain, of course. Mm, That's what I was going to say. We were watching the Miles Davis documentary, and um, Florence Davis... uh, I mean, Florence Taylor Davis was interviewed Mm -hmm. in the documentary, and we saw her... Uh, sit down with Ron Carter when we went to see Ron Carter at Catalina Jazz. Yeah, she's on several of Miles Davis's albums, uh, and she was a dancer and performer on Broadway before marrying him, and then became a she was a hostess, a famous hostess at Hamburger Hamlet on Sunset. Right. The Hamburger Hamlet on Sunset isn't there anymore, but was. Um down the end, right before sunset turns residential. It was mm-hmm. uh, a famous showbiz hangout. I had an agent across the street from there at APA for years, and when we would go to lunch, that's where we would go to lunch, and we'd have a you know a twenty one dollar lunch together, like hamburgers. <laughs> and he always took me there, and the head of the agency always ate there, and he was in a booth every day mm-hmm. there. Apparently, she would she would do a little dance and a little number for people. Yeah. Um, she was quite the life of the party, and I just feel lucky that we got to see her sit down with Ron Carter that night, the first time we saw him in L.A. Yeah. Um, she suspended her career because Miles Davis was an oppressive person in her life. And much to her credit, she was able to, uh, you know, have the wherewithal to be interviewed for his documentary. Yes. And and speak honestly on what was going on between them at the yeah. time and everything. Yeah. And um, despite that, I, I, I still listen to Miles Davis. And uh, other Sunday albums that come to mind would be, um, I think, Julie London. Nancy, oh, I love it. Nancy Wilson, Wilson who is a sure. friend of... Uh, really? What of who? That? Ramsey Lewis? Who was she? She was a friend of loads? N- Ramsey. Remember, we heard Ramsey Lewis yeah, he talk was waxing about, about Nancy Wilson. He loved her. Yeah. I would say... Um, Blossom Deary. Oh, Blossom Deary. Uh, we saw Blossom Deary. We didn't get to meet her, though, right? Yes, we did. Yes, yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Tell it, because I can't remember. Don't you remember? I had a bob at the time, yeah. and she said she liked my look. Oh, my God, now I do. Uh, it was at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. She was witty and, and yeah. uh, kooky. And she did a marvelous concert, and she did a numbers by um, her, uh, Dave Frischberg. I can't remember the guy who wrote Bruce, um, was another songwriter. Reduce the Caboose. Right. Or Wear Something Loose. Um, Bruce? Uh, she did I'm Hip. She did Sweet Virginia Ham, whatnot. And I love, if you want to come near me, cashmere me. If you want to... Um, Peel me a grape. Yeah, I'm getting hungry. Peel me <laughs> a grape. <laughs> I think for Sunday, um, always Nina Simone for me. Yeah, you like Nina Simone. I love Nina Simone. 
I tell you, uh... There's too many. Um, Bill Evans, live at the Village mm. Gate. My, oh, that my, one's excellent. Yeah. It's, it's like a... I think that one's just, you know... Well, there's Ellis Marcellus. When um, we lived in San Francisco, I think, uh, you know, the, the Church of St. John Coltrane had the, the radio station late at night. Oh, yeah, they, their playlist was always like, yeah. smoking hot. Um, there's goats <laughs> in the streets of Wales. Oh, my God, it's really happening. Dolphins are swarming the canals of Venice. Drunken elephants marauding through Chinese uh, villages. The goats are real. There's also Bergamo boars. That's yet to be fact-checked. There's been badgers <laughs> in the streets of Venice. Here's what the deal is. As soon as humans leave, animals take the night back. There were horses in Chernobyl, y'all. You know how it works. I'm expecting to see here in the streets the bitter, bitter streets of Hollywood. We had green parrots. The green parrots have been screeching in our trees for days, Jennifer. Every day. They're having a good time. Yeah. I go outside every day and I perform uh, a complete um, circumnavigation of the uh, property. I also have built a circumvallation, which I don't know if you know that it is, but it's a it's a defensive perimeter. Um, I have um, thrown um, spars and different... Um, a deterrence for other troops that would be marauding into our area all around the perimeter of our building. And when I do this each day, um, with the use of marijuana and Steely Dan, I, in the trees, clock um, flocks of parrots. They arrive in the late afternoon. Um, they're not early risers. <laughs> uh, not on our side. Wherever they're coming from, God well, they bless They have an them. agenda. Yeah. But whatever they're getting here, it's about 445 and they, they stay in the trees and they shriek. There seems to be about 50 of them. My, uh, explain this to me. They're domesticated parrots that were let loose by their... I, you know, that's... that's Lost in the shrouded mist. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This is like the Orinoco. No one knows the source. There, there's that group of... I'm Claude Rains in the movie we, The Lost World. I'm no. Professor Challenger and I cannot tell you what this is. There's the, that group of parrots that we've talked about before that that hang out at, on Telegraph Hill in San Francisco. There's even a movie about them. Yeah, of film Because they're precious, precious little yeah. parrots. Oh, they no, have, they screech. They, are, they have their own film. Yeah. But the thing that... Oh, no, they us, get a sag. They get more health care than we do. They have residuals. Yeah. But, but the thing that killed us was on, on uh, New Year's uh, one time, we were up at the Punchline the Comedy Club, and... The fireworks were going off down by the water. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. And the, the parents are just shrieking. They're angry. They're, yeah. they're, they're chattering. They're making. And they're excited by how much. But all I could think, wait, wait. They they could if this is bothering them they could actually fly, fly to the other away. side of the peninsula but, but they're they don't. not no they like the drama they're, <laughs> they're there drama to queen. exacerbate oh my God. they're there to totally exacerbate the drama um, this might not have as much drama these are the goats of Wales I don't know if you can hear this I don't no they don't make oh, any noise well they're scampering noises there's a lot of them and they're they're big. just grazing they're big no this is just wind noise it's it doesn't work but the, uh, the it's the um um the spelling of this town in wales l l a n d u d n o anybody mm-hmm. i i would assume l l is y so it's yodno Oh give my up. God, Wales! Right, I totally give up. I, Wales I is abandon all hope. These who enter here, 
the LA Times, um, which I think doesn't have a paywall, can um, let you adopt a foster pet during the um, virus. There's a list of resources. It's latimes.com stroke California stroke story. And then if you write in want to adopt a pet. The Washington Post has provided uh, a site that says, in a time of uncertainty, classical music provides a sense of permanence. There's a, a list of all the different orchestras. Uh, Maurizio Marchini singing Nisa Dorum, carried from Florence around the world and into some hospital wards. Let's just hear a little bit of that because it's so uplifting. <laughs> By the way, he's standing on his balcony singing to a record. human spirit will never be quelled the Cunningham Piano Online Ensemble uh, the Rotterdam Philharmonic Orchestra the New York Youth Symphony Orchestra the Colorado Symphony if you google all of these you will be able to find them online and they're it's so important free live concerts yeah. and it's of the most glorious here's a little Philip Glass just for a second I know it's not the funk, but Philip Glass is a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. We've met him, and he's a beautiful human being, as well as an extraordinary genius. Nationalsawdust.org is where Philip Glass can be found. So, um, how many jazz musicians have succumbed to this terrible virus, It's, it's alarming. It's alarming so far. Um, Wallace Roney, the jazz trumpeter, was 59. Uh, he was born in Philadelphia. Um, Dan DeLuca in the Philadelphia Inquirer wrote, The novelist James McBride memorably described Mr. Roney as a lion among lions in a 1987 profile in the Washington Post. He sits alone, silent and slim, in a dark gray jacket, his right hand on his horn. His head is bowed, slightly giving him an edgy, pensive, shy look. Yet as he rises to walk toward the stage, moving like a shadow... The other horn players, trumpeters, and saxmen lined against the wall waiting to blow, part respectfully to let him pass. They know who he is. They know what he can do. Jazz Times eulogized to him Tuesday as the man with the golden horn. Mr. Roney toured with the members of Davis's mid-60s quintet, winning a Grammy for the 1994 album A Tribute to Miles. Mm-hmm. A pivotal moment in the pair's relationship took place at the 1991 Montreux Jazz Festival. Uh, Quincy Jones had recruited 
him to perform two of his albums, insisting that Roni, who stood in, in for him during rehearsals, I mean, Davis recruited mm-hmm. by producer Quincy Jones to perform two of his albums, insisted that Roni, who stood in for him during rehearsals, join him on stage. The younger musician instinctively jumped in to handle some of the more technically demanding parts and implicitly joined a chain of succession. This public endorsement from arguably the most famous trumpet player of all time immediately launched Roni to a new height of jazz celebrity. And this is with Ron Carter, uh, Tony Williams, uh, Wayne Shorter, and Herbie Hancock. Hmm. And it's called A Tribute to Miles. Which is an amazing album. This is from Wallace Rooney's uh, debut album, Versus. beautiful album on the Muse record label the elusive ephemeral emotional support when Jack says the Muse label really the one with the liar on the label and by liar I mean L-Y-R what Someone that there's there's so many great uh, videos to check him his music out and his albums are outstanding. The tribute to Miles is beautiful beyond, and his uh, his albums uh, solo albums are wonderful. I think it was a, a big shock to a lot of people. He was oh. 59 years old. Wallace Roney did everything it took. Oh, well, that is just, um, what? No, it's shocking. It's shocking. And and, um, you can imagine the moment when he's asked to take over from Miles, when Miles is failing. And Miles at that point was wearing uh, the weird uh, glasses with uh, that didn't have any kind of a frame on the top I don't think, that look yeah I don't think it's weird I think they were <laughs> no Miles has always got like you know a stellar statement happening uh, yeah but uh, imagine having to come on stage and take over from Miles Davis uh, I don't think so and that was Wallace Roney Wallace Roney is um, another irreplaceable member of the fraternity of the people that we shall remember forever that the virus Bucky Pizzarelli. An- another person with an amazing sense of humor. 
How many gigs did Bucky Pizzarelli do? He did all of them. Well, there was one story that he was doing like 11. He was a Sessions musician at one point, and he would do 11 uh, different recordings in a day. That And one woman said, oh, well, he would come into the studio, and if if you had antipasta and some wine. Antipasta? Yeah, because, you know, you're from New Jersey and you're Italian. Right. Um, he toured with Sinatra in the 60s. He was on uh, Runaround Sue by Dion. He's on... The Carson uh, Tonight Show? Oh, my God. He's on a million different recordings. Like Leon Russell, he's one of those guys that often is uncredited. Um, lovely, lovely, How long was he gigging sound. He had 80, like a 70-year career. It, it's one of the great over 70 years. Yeah. And like uh, Ellis Marcellus was in... A, Groups, duos with his sons. Right. His family was musical, and he was often in duos after being uh, in big bands and a a session musician. Um, And uh, kind of a sass bucket, you know. Right. He had a he had a a great sense of humor. He's somebody that obviously wears his talent lightly. Yeah. You know, he's just... And and at this point, th- this is what... Oh, my goodness. 2002? From, right. He's in his 80s here. Yeah. There, There's a... Clips of him playing with Les Paul, with everybody. Sinatra. You have been the smartest crowd in the world. Jennifer's been the smartest woman in the world. May every page you trim be a satchel page. May every bell that rings for you be a cool Papa Bell. And if you have to buy bonds, make sure they're Bobby Lamar. I thought it was really cute that Pizzarelli's son said the family was like the Von Trapp family on martinis. 